and welcome to Hope Warrior. And I'm Veda Meyer, and you're on the Veda Show, Hope Warrior United around the notion of hope, healing, and wholeness. I'm super excited today because I have friends and my husband in the studio today. And um, so this this is the premiere show of Hope Warrior, numero uno, episode one, and I'm pretty excited. Uh, it was designed to have... Um, Two of my closest friends, Corey and Kathy here, and we're part of a team. We call ourselves the top 10, and it's really the top 12 and sometimes 14 if we had <laughs> Teresa and Paul, but but it, it's a, the top 10. We're a tribe um, who presents incredible hope to one another, yes. and we have been through a lot of tough spots together, all of us, and mm-hmm. um, family, uh, health, um, death. Uh, we've been through um, all kinds of losses, um, financial losses, job losses, mm-hmm. relationship losses. I mean, mm-hmm. a ton of losses together. Most recently, um, two um, wonderful people, these two particularly, and several others of the top 10 came to Scottsdale, Arizona, when I was actually undergoing uh, cancer treatment. And so part of this um, podcast comes out of the notion, uh, although I have 10 years of background in, in radio, I wanted to do a podcast around the notion of hope because I felt like that's what God said. That's mm-hmm. what he wanted, mm-hmm. is he wanted hope hope to be presented out of this this diagnosis. So for those of you who um, don't know me, um, I was a radio talk show host here in Salem-Kaiser for about 10 years, since 2013, so almost 11 years. I uh, was syndicated to um, Mobile, Alabama, where Corey was producing me at that time, Pensacola, Florida, and Bakersfield, California. And so it promoted, the show itself promoted overcomers. And this is a little bit different in that I'm working on bringing together a ton of people who present hope in variety of areas. could be health, it could be politics, it could be education, it could be business, it could be whatever. So these two, this isn't going to be their only appearance because they have a lot of other areas that I want to feature where I just feature them. But I wanted our first show to have some underpinning about why we're doing this. So um, I chose um, after I... So in June, on the 20th of June, I was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, Uh, had a little uh, distension in the stomach, was uh, slightly overweight, 55, 58 pounds later, Uh, and uh, just a lot of, I thought it was just fat. And I thought it was just lazy and I thought it was just whatever. And so ends up, uh, I had pancreatic cancer. I didn't know the staging at the time, but I later found out it was stage four. Apparently that's a bad thing. And so I I say it jokingly because within just a few weeks, the Lord said, I'm going to give you 15 more and uh, 15 more years. And I said, okay. And I was actually worshiping him at the time. And I wondered what are you doing? You know, do you don't want me in heaven? What's up? And he said, no, it's it's for your husband. So what the audience might not know is that my husband and I, of all the people in this room, I've known Dan the longest. This is Dan Ansbaugh, my husband, Fade Meyer Ansbaugh, that's me. And uh, we've known each other since he was 15 and I was 16. And um, his wife before me had died of pancreatic cancer. And so hearing this diagnosis, um, I'd just like you to say in your own words, what what went through your heart, your mind when you heard this diagnosis? Oh, yeah. I thought it was a uh, death sentence, obviously. So mm-hmm. brought back a lot of a lot of emotions, a lot of emotions. A lot of trauma. And trauma, yes. Yeah. Well, I'll never forget uh, we were coming out of treatment one day, and I had been experiencing some hair loss. And um, one day, and, and Dan noticed, and all of a sudden he, he had a natural uh, emotional response. And I said, what's going on? You know, because I'm thinking hair is not the big thing. I've always had thin <laughs> hair, right? And he goes, no. And tell tell him what no, you do. Okay, ahead, you I'll tell him. He said he had to cut Sandy's hair. She, yeah. she, you know, and that was just, so that was a, these are triggers and traumas. So that's besides the idea of the diagnosis, those were things that we're having to, to deal with. So what I was presented with at that diagnosis um, from six different professionals uh, in Salem for uh, a couple up in Portland then was you have three months to live if you don't follow standard of care, okay? And they said, and... uh, get your affairs in order. We heard that several times. Several, so yes. so much so that we went to an attorney for, you know, to develop a trust. And um, anyway, so a standard of care said that. So I began to choose um, to study and to uh, figure out what lifestyle that I had 
done, the possible things I'd done that behaved myself into cancer, and then I, how I could behave myself out. Because I'm a pattern of that, of overcoming. That's kind of my life, right? So I did. I changed um, my drinking habits. I was drinking Diet Mountain Dew a little bit like it was going out of style. I was... Um, I, I dropped all sugar. I dropped all carbohydrates that created sugar. And I found out that cancer uptakes sugar 100 to 200 times faster than any other cell in your body. And I thought, well, I hate cancer, so starve it, right? It hates um, alkaline. So I started drinking alkaline water. That's what's in my cup. And I've been doing that since June 20th. Okay, and I, I haven't stopped. And there are times that you'll have something, but it's just not a lifestyle to me to go back to sugar or carbohydrates. I juiced my food for three months, uh, and I studied to find out what other things kill cancer, what other things kill cancer. I ended up in a treatment center in Scottsdale, which shall remain nameless right now, um, but it was the best thing. It had integrative therapy. And um, so... Low dose chemo and a few other things. And so out of that, right, like day two or three, God said, go on Facebook and declare my healing because that's when he told me 15 more years. So I started declaring it. And uh, here I am eight months later, almost, you know, moving into the ninth month. And I don't feel dead and I don't look dead and I don't feel like I look dead. And so um, it but he never promised. This is the thing with God. He promises healing, but he never promised it would be easy. And he promises that he'll be with you, you won't be alone, and that he'll walk with you. And so I just really wanted to say that. So I did. I published uh, video after video on, it uh, didn't matter if I came out of treatment that day, I went and did my video. And uh, it, sometimes it was a nasty uh, feeling uh, to to do it, but it was necessary. And then all of a sudden, when I got back home about oh, a month later, God said, stop, just stop. And, I, and he said, Prepare for this. Prepare to do the podcast because this needs to be something that's captured because Facebook only captures for 30 days now and stuff. So mm -hmm. I went, okay. So um, in uh, March of 2023, prior to this diagnosis, I had written a song and I shared it with a few friends, This the lyrics of the song. And this these are the words. And I have I just got it presented to me framed by our good friend, mutual friend, Paul and uh, Teresa Carney. It's called... Um, it was called Born for Hope initially, but it turned out to be Born This Way. <clears throat> and I later found out Lady Gaga has a song Born This Way, so I couldn't name the podcast Born This Way. So it's Hope Warriors. There you go. Because I don't want to be associated with Lady Gaga. <laughs> Just saying. Um, maybe I want to be associated with her money. Okay. Don't be surprised. Okay. So here's, here's how the song goes. Oh, I was born this way. I'm happy to say born with hope. Can't see it any other way. Mama was down and daddy was up. The combo made for a hopeful pup. Born this way, created to hope. Born this way without the dope. Born this way and so happy to be. Born this way, Jesus in me. Because the the theme of all four of us and that top 10, 12, 14, where we're at, is legitimately that we have Jesus. And so everything that you go through and everything that I go through is everything but Jesus. So then... Um, the, the chorus goes like this. Oh, I was born this way. I'm blessed to say Jesus rescued me so I could play among my family. You're all one born this way to foster kingdom come. Yeah. Born this way. Why Abba, you say I'm OK for today. Born this way and renewed every day. Born Born this way, branded by the world, is this is a bridge, uh, branded by the, I love it because they put bridge up there, branded by the world, rejected, spun out, and twirled. You're born this way, cried the enemy, but Abba looked down and rescued me. Born this way, he said, I was created, shouted the hope that was planted in you, born this way so Abba could rejoice over you. Yeah, over you. Born this way, it's final then, born this way, sorry, born this way, living past to end. It's to the end. And the idea is past the end is forever, eternity. So um, my thought was when I got this diagnosis is like, I literally called my sister Grace and said, oh, you're not going to believe this. This is the next day because she was on the phone with me when I got the diagnosis. I said, uh, you know, the dead in Christ rise first. 
So it was like a little bit of a competition, right? And, and so that's how God wired me. He wired me to see things from his perspective. He wired me to see things the way they are. So I I want to welcome Corey and Kathy. And, and the reason that they're here is, A, they have a huge influence in my life for how long? We, we met at West Salem Fort Square in 2006 before Robert left, seven, five or yeah. six. Six, when, yeah, probably six. Probably seven. six. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it was before. Yeah, and and um before. and and they go ahead. I said before we were we. Yeah, yeah. We we. Oh uh, yeah, there was the yes. Before we were we. That means <laughs> married. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not yet. That's a close up. Yeah, close. And that's the ring finger. That's the ring finger. Yeah, that's the godly finger. That's right. Oh, I get it. Uh, that's awesome. And that's the kind of fun we have. It's just so fun. Here I am in treatment. We're down in Arizona. I just got out of an oven that was 108 degrees mm-hmm. for six hours, and we're sitting on the couch and we are laughing. And then we went down by the pool. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, it was just. It was just a fun. T- it was just a really fun time. But this is how it is when you're in fellowship. So. We've known each other for since 2006, at least, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know when I first met both Corey and Kathy, I didn't know that my longtime friend would someday be my husband, okay, again. Uh, and, and when I say again, because we knew each other in high school, we liked each other in high school, but we had respective other boyfriends and girlfriends. So right. you back then in the 70s, you didn't cross lines like that, right? And um, I remember... Um, when I met Dan, I, weren't you guys the first ones we went to dinner with? Yes. At, at the Brownstone when it, it was, was still uh, open. Oh, it yeah. was a, uh, <laughs> uh, what was? Interrogation. Interrogation. We were, wa- <laughs> yeah, we were watching we're saying, you. This yeah. is our girl. <laughs> I don't know you. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It, it was, was a Brown Station. Brownstone. Yeah, that yeah. where um, Kim worked, Kimberly worked. Yes. Kimberly Aikman. Yes, That's Yeah, right. it was really cool. So that was kind of um, how this quad added Dan to our top 10 because for a little while it was top nine and a half because Mm -hmm. of Ellie, right? Little Ellie, my little dog. Um, So I didn't know though, when I met you guys, the gravity of two things, your worship ability, right? Um, I didn't know your deep steeped um, knowledge in musicality, um, instrumental and vocal. I didn't know any of that. So what flared in my relationship with you is just watching this bubble up and come forth. Okay, so I took the liberty of looking on your website. Which, you know, which one? Corey. Yeah, the good one. The one, the <laughs> well, one we, we can talk the, about. I in have public. two. Oh, I know. I did Corey, uh, CoreyNolan.com. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And so, you know, I was looking at some of the things that, um, you know, that you're about and, and the things that we're about as a group are we love the Lord. We love meeting and eating together, uh, supporting one another around those things I mentioned before, birthdays, holidays, everything. I mean, ugly sweater. Everything. You know, it's the best. Uh, we can sit and talk about the Bible, politics. We can sit and talk about religion. Uh, we can agree and disagree and still love each other. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, mm-hmm. Pam Johnson. Yeah. We disagree with you now and then. <laughs> it's a joke. I, I did it. not say that. That was that's not, right. that was not <laughs> I love it. Pam knows where I live. <laughs> that's right. Pam knows where I live. We gather in support of, of, of each other. So um, Corey and Kathy... Um, have a united front when it comes to worship and music. Can you tell folks, and I don't know who wants to start this, how you began to be worshipers together, and mm-hmm. then we'll we'll go from there. Wow. Yeah, together. I think we worship separately, uh-huh. and God just knew that there would be um, strength and power yeah. in the two. In the two, yeah. In my life, worship. Worship was everything. Worship saved my life. Worship took me from the darkest part of my life to the brightest part. And that's where I found my love for worship. And just uh, then that led me to sing in a group for years. And then I think that's how we met mm-hmm. yeah, in I, studio. I produced her. Um, really? Yeah. They, I yeah. produced four or five albums four for albums, them. Yeah. And uh, they called me Simon. Simon, yeah, are from you like because uh, you're like, critiquing I, I, as you're going along. That's really nice. Could we do that again? Well, he was a little mean. 
I he was a little mean. mean. I wasn't mean. I was, <laughs> in I was, a good way, of I was course. direct, and, yeah. and, and I had a vision, and she was such a great singer that yes. I could push her, and I knew mm-hmm. she could go to places that she didn't know she could go. That's interesting, because our you personal did. trainer <laughs> we're working with at the courthouse, <laughs> the same so thing? he's going, I know you, you think it's 100%. I know it's 60, and he put more weight on Oh. And I did it. And you did it. And she did it. I pushed That's her to cool. places. Now you want to hear somebody sing, listen to her do a journey tune. Oh. Size worship. She's just uh-huh. anointed in singing and music. And uh, I saw that early on. I didn't know her. You know, uh-huh. she's on the other side of the glass uh-huh. in the studio. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I think we met musically. That's cool. First. Yeah. And, and doing first. and doing yeah. worship, and yeah. they had a, yeah. a, a Christian trio that sang all over the Northwest. So. That is so amazing. And um, then I re- I remember meeting you guys at um, Adam Stevens School. I remember seeing worship there at one point, and yeah. I think I saw her before I saw you. You were doing uh, sound. She, she was there a little bit, not yeah. a lot early on. I was the uh, Adam Steve, was it was it the church? Yeah, yeah, Sunday, it was, yeah, it was yeah. Crossroads. It's a church I helped pioneer. Okay, we but it was at it. the school, Adam Stevens School. Adam yeah, Stevens. Yeah. It was mobile church. And and oh. and I didn't even put the two, you know, that because I'd seen you sing and went ooh like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. And then I had seen you in other environments, and then like you said, this was before the two of you, and then we had tons of mutual friends because I worked for corrections, so we had those friends, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and um, so that was that was really cool. So, Kathy, what when did you start doing your trio? Do you remember? Oh, good grief! Um, I know pop quizzes, <laughs> right? It was the year of our ninety Lord. something? Nineteen sixty. Uh, goodness. In the 90s. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. It, we, we had 12 years. Okay. And how did you get booked? And how did you get, you know, was it word of mouth? Did you have a... Well, I think you know him. Russ Hedge was oh, a yes. fantastic promoter and just uh, contacted churches after His churches. His wife and, was one of the singers. Oh. Yeah, Leah and Kelly. Uh, we all sang together. But Russ was, he was instrumental wow. in getting us to where we were. It is a small we were, world. Isn't it? Because <laughs> Russ is in his battle of cancer I right now know. himself. And it's I just saw him the other night. And God's but, doing miracles for him, too. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and so you did that until you met Corey? Or tell me when that kind of changed for you. Yeah. Well, yep. That's what I did. Um, I did it for years, about two Two weekends a month, possibly mm-hmm. all over Oregon, um, and then life—you know—just life happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, I say there's life after life. Um, the yes. trio, it, it went away, uh-huh. but that was because I was in survival mode. Yes, yes, and yes. just uh, digging into Jesus and loving my kids and surrounding myself. I can you know. tell you, just I know Kathy so well. If you go to her house, you literally see um, like almost a wonderland of just mom and home and baking and food. And am I right? It was just, I mean, we, oh, we love to go to their house. Uh, it's just, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And so I can see you gravitating back to the things that ground you mm-hmm. a lot. I did. Yep. And then I started going to church um, in West Salem. And really, my son loved the youth group. So you know, you go where your I kids, where <laughs> your kids go. Yep, That's Colton right. and Cami. Um, and I just kind of sat. Yeah, I sat in the back because I didn't want to people. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't time to people, but I would do anything for you my were kids. Healing. Yeah, so you I drove from Lyons to West Salem wow. to church, wow. and I was welcomed. Because the kids. Yep, I was welcomed, and I was noticed by a couple, which just impacted me that um, they even cared. And so I thought, this is a good place. It's a safe place. That's good. And then this guy was brought on as staff. Yes. (laughs) And I'm like, wait a minute. I know this guy. Uh So, um, you know, God did what he did and just brought us together as as husband and wife after being friends. And that was pretty amazing. That was really amazing. Absolutely amazing. amazing. It still is. It still is, yeah. And I how don't many think heard that. Say that louder, babe. Yeah. It still is. I just <laughs> yeah. want to make sure the mic heard me. Yeah, the mic, yeah. <laughs> mic technique. It was a private conversation, kind of like, you know, yeah, it was yes. awesome. I'm, I'm thankful. I'm more than thankful. Yeah. And worshiping 
together mm-hmm. is just what we do best. It's yeah. just God knew. Yeah. I love, you know, going over by your, we do fireside events uh, at their house or at Pam and their, or our house. We just do that for fun and uh, just worshiping. And I remember the weekend before I went to treatment, mm-hmm. uh, we all gathered and Corey brought his guitar out and we just worshiped. And I put that on video and I played it during my heat ups. You know, oh, yeah, because yeah. I could watch it and I could hear that music and I could hear those familiar voices. And I, I'm like, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die. <laughs> you know, that mm-hmm. type of, you know what I mean? And I wasn't thinking of death. I was thinking this is life. The, this is life, not not the diagnosis. This is life. So mm-hmm. that was okay. awesome. So, Corey, you had a, a, a different career for those years prior mm-hmm. to meeting Kathy. I want to tell us a little bit about the underpinnings of that and kind of how you launched, because I've seen you with some pretty radical hairdos, dude. And I've also <laughs> seen you in spandex, which is can be unseen. Uh, okay? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, you do what you can do. That's right. That's right. It's awesome. Uh, I knew at 10 years old what I wanted to be when I grew up. I heard the song Tears of the Clown by Smokey Robinson. And I said, I don't know who made the decision to put those instruments together the way that they did in that style, but I want to be that guy. Back then, they didn't have, um, you know, record producers. They Mm -hmm. didn't have that term. They didn't have a college degree for it or anything. So my high school counselor, well, starting junior high, my junior high counselors, when I could take electives, basically... We don't know where to direct you, so play every instrument you can, play every style of music you can, be involved. So I was, I was for six years, we junior high and high school. I was in every music and choir. And where did you exterior, grow up? Up in the Dalles. Okay, with and a couple of amazing small town. Yeah, up in the Dalles, and he had those opportunities. And amazing mentors, still friends of mine. One of them, uh, teachers, and uh, but basically uh, that's what I wanted to do, and I just surrounded myself with that when I was. 15, I went down to San Diego uh, on my own. Parents let me go down and uh, stay with some friends. And I visited recording studios and just was a fly on the wall. And I just kind of landed there. And when I graduated high school, I went on the road, professional musician. I toured for seven, eight years and uh, just all over the, all over the country. And yeah, it was great. And then I had a, I had a God encounter, which uh, (laughs) rocked my world. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have emotion on my yeah. show because there's hope <laughs> in that. So I want to hear about that God encounter, but you weren't raised. I was raised Mormon. Oh, you were? Okay. I was raised in Mormon faith. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, they had me all pegged for a mission and all that. I love Mormon people, Latter-day Saints, good I people. Uh, I just, I hit a point where what was expected in that faith tradition and where I didn't know that God might have been directing me, but where I felt I was supposed to be, mm-hmm. the two didn't blend. Yeah. And uh, it was interesting when I was on the road. I mean, you back then, you know, I, I pity some of these poor musicians that got to play three services on a Sunday and they're like, oh, gosh, I'm so tired. Uh-huh. I played so much. We did three services. Like I did five hours a night, six nights a week, nine wow. to two, Monday through Saturday. And it's funny because people think, wow, that's glamorous rock star. You're playing. No, it's in a club, in that environment, uh-huh. even in the Vegas, in the bigger rooms that we did. You got two nights, maybe three, and the rest is paid rehearsal. It's crickets yeah. out there. And so it's a, it's a hard thing, but then you travel on Sunday. So I didn't make it to church, mm-hmm. any sort of church for seven or eight years, but I tithe to the more tithe, you know, because I, yeah, uh-huh. I just knew that was something that yeah. I was raised with and it had value. And who it knows? was principled, it was in principled you. and it was between me and God, but that w- would be the outlet that I chose, you know. And uh, I think that was really helpful in help as I became a believer, moving into, you know, giving and serving and supporting missions mm-hmm. and all those kinds of things. It's just it's one of my favorite things to do when I get mm-hmm. I get a check is to go on and play the digital thing yeah. on the app and yeah. send it to the send church. It, and yeah. it's just like, wow, I yeah. did that. I'm, thank you, Lord, that I get to be a part of the bigger picture with that measly amount of hundreds of dollars or whatever. So. What a step back. That God encounter. Tell me about that. Oh, see if I can get through this. I know. <laughs> I've told them enough times they still wrecked me. Hmm. 
is an <clears throat> Amy Grant concert. And uh, I didn't know much about her. You know, we kind of heard she's Christian. What, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. We don't know what, you know, in my upbringing and experience. But she had this song, Love Will Find a Way. It's all over the radio. Oh, yeah. I was like, and I'm the musical director of the band uh -huh. in a club band uh -huh. that's pretty prestigious, uh -huh. well-paid, well-known. Uh -huh. And uh, But I like this um, Grant Girl song, uh -huh. so maybe we'll add that to the set list. And I'm out in Ohio playing, I think it's in Columbus, and it's where, this, where the Ohio State Fair is. You know, it's uh -huh. the, one of the biggest fairs uh -huh. in the country. And uh, we knew a guy from the club who was a business owner. And he supplied supply bar supplies for people all over Ohio. And he had tickets to see Amy Grant. And he's, I, I'm not going to make it. Uh, it's tickets to the fair and all this. So, uh, the concert was amazing. I didn't see it as a as a religious experience. Right. The band. And I played in, with great musicians. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a prerequisite if I can make it happen. Yeah. Uh, the band was as, as good as I've ever heard. Some wow. of the best music, still, some of the best musicians in Nashville, and they were believers, Christians. Cool. But she sat down for five minutes and just said, hey, this is who I am. This is what it's about. Kind of like sat on the mm -hmm. edge of the stage yeah. almost. I remember when casual. she used to do that. And, uh, and I couldn't punch a hole in what she was saying. I was like, I I believe her. I believe that mm -hmm. she believes. And I'm kind of, it's kind of weird because I want to believe like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, I knew I'd be involved in something like this. Yeah. I didn't know what that was. Mm -hmm. Okay. But whatever this was, using what I've been gifted to do in a format to reach people yeah. with the arts, I knew that that's going to happen. Two years later, I accepted the Lord. Wow. Two years. Wow. When I, when I accepted the Lord, the guys that I was with, musicians, had been praying for me for two years. Wow. They said, we just, wow. we felt we need to be praying for you <laughs> so you would be in our Christian band. That's how they prayed. <laughs> we want him to get saved so he can be in our, I didn't qualify unless. Uh -huh. <laughs> and uh, they had been praying for me for two years. Wow. I suspect when I get to see Jesus face to face and see the the divine calendar, yeah, yeah. how he sees it, yeah. that that moment with Amy Grant was a trigger for them. Yeah, yeah. Who were the two, the people praying for you? Um, Monty Colby. And uh, we kind of keep in touch. And Mark uh, Kendrick, okay. Mark owned a. I was I owned a music store partner in a music store. Mm -hmm. And when I left and went on the road, he came in and partnered with my other partner, who was my old band director. And then he bought the whole thing out eventually. And Sweet. I had come off the road and was working with him mm -hmm. at his store. And he had a little recording studio in the back. And the three of us would get together and have coffee and talk about God, the Mormon, the Foursquare guy, and the Assembly of God guy. Oh, my goodness. And uh, I prayed a uh, prayer of salvation. It was kind of like, Monty goes, you want to pray a prayer of salvation? I went, sure. What's that? Yeah. Well, just repeat after me. Okay, because I believe in God. Yeah, yeah. And I prayed this. It was a, it was a mm -hmm. head thing. It right, wasn't right. a brokenness heart thing. I didn't right. have one of those bottom of the barrel coming to Jesus moments. Right, right. It just made sense. I was kind of mm -hmm. raised to believe in God. And uh, that weekend, I went to church with Mark, and this, this, she was, uh, that was the uh, weekend of the Jim and Tammy Baker thing. Oh, yeah. So I come into this church, and they're all crying and mourning, and uh -huh. oh, Jim. And I thought, these poor people, who are these people that passed away? That Can these you give are, the listeners about the date, uh, the year? It would have been, I'm thinking it would have been 87. 80, 80, 87 yeah. when I came, when I had that, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't remember exactly, but it was real close when that, yeah. when the whole Baker fiasco yeah. broke. Because Baker and uh, the starts with an S. There were three or four that tumbled all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. and uh, but so I, I just remember yeah. going to this Assembly of God church over in a little tiny town with this friend of mine, Mark, and uh, everybody was lamenting over this thing, mm -hmm. and I didn't know who it was. But it's just one of those you see those, you know, Amy Grant. There's a there's a marked time mm -hmm. that 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 matches with a thing that guys were praying for. There was a time when I made a decision. I come yeah. in with these people and experience them um, 
mourning uh, a hit to the faith in a a sense. And uh, yeah, and I was actually, you know, prayed and was connected to a Foursquare church early on. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm licensed uh, Foursquare pastor. I've been connected to them in and out in the assemblies for most of my Christian faith. Serve in an assembly of God church, licensed Foursquare right now. Raised Um, Mormon. Raised Mormon. That's a a mutt. (laughs) This is a testimony of hope. Yeah. And and the kind of hope that God is, not the kind of hope that man thinks, you know, you have to go down this particular path. And and I'm sure some of you are in in a situation where you think it's hopeless. You think there's not anything that can be done because maybe you've made decisions that took you off the path or maybe decisions were made for you that took you off the path. And and, and we're here to say that there is hope. Mm-hmm. And yes. you have no idea yet all that God's going to do. No idea. So then, then what happens? Because you I were just, playing in secular bands. You were like in the rock scene at the yeah, time, right? Yeah. So if you go back and look at a group called Guardian. Guardian, that was uh, late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. The group I toured with was actually a group called Oliver. Oliver, okay. Yeah, and uh, we were Midwest. We we're based in the East Coast, but we did work in the Midwest and the South quite a bit. And it was named after Lori Oliver, who's still friends of ours. 45 years later, we still keep in touch. They're out in Nashville. A lot of my friends are out in Nashville. And, uh, yeah, we just did that whole thing. But when I, I had gotten off the road, I had enough of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I got into this recording, producing thing, which I'd always done on the side. Mm-hmm. And had, so, you know, if we were on the road and we had a break, we'd hit the studio, that kind of thing. And uh, I started working with Christian artists and, and regional people. This is before there was even really Christian radio right, the same right. way. So as a new believer, my, my friends are giving me mixtapes. Oh, yeah. And these mixtapes are all of their favorite stuff. Oh, now, cool. a mixtape, a cassette. I know you're going to have to go to Google. Google mixtape. And, and look this up because I can't believe I'm so old <laughs> that you don't know what I'm talking that's about. Right, and, that's and, right. and I remember it. But I was listening to all these artists, but I didn't yeah. know who any of them were. You know, so I'm listening to uh, Daniel Amos. I'm listening yeah. to Larry Norman. Yeah. I'm listening to all yeah. the, who I actually got to work with quite I a bit. I know you produced him. And then there's uh, all these other, you know, things. And then Christian radio kind of comes out mm-hmm. and you start seeing, oh, that's, and they're connected to mm-hmm. this. But yeah, I just got into that. And the church as a new believer coming from a professional music background, they mm-hmm. just grabbed me real quick. Yeah, yeah. And uh, probably too quick. In mm-hmm. some areas, yeah, I yeah. still need to grow, but that's but God had grace in that process. Uh, but I brought in, you know, I had hair to my waist, tight jeans, three earrings. Mm-hmm. That's risky on their part, so I <laughs> commend them. Yeah. I yeah. didn't, I did not blend in. Yeah, and I did not wear a choir robe. Well. Yeah, it reminds <laughs> me of the. Greg Laurie's and uh, Lenny's story a little <laughs> yeah. bit, right? Because, yeah. I mean, it was a legitimately different pathway of the Jesus movement for yeah. you uh, a little later in the scene because yeah. you're a little younger. Well, but, I was in a in a traditional assembly church up in central Washington, and uh, and I did not fit the part. But fortunately, there was a ministry based out of this church. It was international renowned. Uh, Ken Gobb, the Gobb family. Yes, yes. Um, they had a band called Eternity Express. And back then, these are the guys that toured with their own, they own their own buses and Mm. 18-wheeler. And they came and did these huge shows all over the world. And that was their home church. And they had kind of adopted me. The funny thing is they'd be at home that when I started attending, they were home for like a month or so. Uh And then they headed back on the road. And I looked like the fool that didn't make the bus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because when you're standing with six, seven, eight guys with long hair, musicians all go like that. But then when they're all gone and you're the only guy there, you kind of look like, (laughs) hey, dude, did you miss the bus? Was I JV? Yeah. yeah. What's going on, right? So, but God was uh, leveraged me. Uh, I was part of bringing change uh, to that church um, in worship, you know, drums. And you've traveled guitars. with some major evangelists and been part of that. Can you I talk a little bit? I worked with Luis Palau. Mm-hmm. Um, got involved with him in 98, I think. We did a campaign. Uh, my first one was a month in England. It was We did the East Mid- Midlands, which would be the south and east coast into the upper central part near York's uh, of England. And we were there for a month doing crusades back then. It was all the crusade format. So you're into gymnasia or not gymnasia, um, coliseums. And uh, in England, there are a lot of tents, huge tent kind of revival sort of thing. And, uh, And then I was with them when they did the first festival 
which mm. was the Portland Fest, mm -hmm. 90,000 people. And uh, Luis comes at the end of it. <laughs> it wow. was quite a thing. And he goes, you know, in his Luis way, wasn't oh, yeah. this great? We should do it again next year. Uh -huh. And you watch all the executives in the back almost have a coronary because <laughs> of what it took to put that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that whole model changed and they went to that festival format. And I was privileged to go all over the country and a little bit internationally with the English speaking part of, he had a huge Spanish connection and mm -hmm. different musicians and people for that. I produced a, a record, a CD, a Luis Pau Praise Band. And I was a part of that until about, I think 2004, 2005, we, they were phasing in different people mm -hmm. and us when we could be. And uh, it was an amazing, amazing time working with guys like Pedro Eustacia, Caleb Quay, who's still a friend. He was with Elton John for many years. Um, Usto Amario, mm -hmm. this sax flute player, was with the band Koinonia. Oh yeah, back I in the day, Koinonia. yeah, I got to play all these guys, mm -hmm. and uh, and you know, acquaintances turn into friendships, yeah. they turn into mentors. Um, but you know, on the spiritual side, working with guys are so influential, and who love Jesus and mm -hmm. are passionate worshipers, and who raised the bar yeah, yeah. to hear for yeah. us as musicians yeah. and, and interacting in that sense. So I picked up early from my professional background in music that, yeah, the church actually does somewhere appreciate shooting for that, yeah. for that excellence in those areas. And it was really kind of put me on a trajectory of why not? Yeah. Why can't the local church you know, with the resources that we have, mm -hmm. aim that high, yeah. even if it's a four chord song. Let's be the very best with the gifts we've been given while we put it all out for the God died for us yeah. and worship him authentically yeah. at the very highest level of our integrity, of our skill level, of our connection mm -hmm. spiritually to him. Mm -hmm. uh, and then why wouldn't we? Yeah. Is yeah. the question I, I'll I ask. I noticed, and maybe you have seen this, but I've noticed a lot of excellence in artists like Lauren Daigle, <clears throat> now coming up, Charity Gale, um, mm -hmm. but Lauren is the most recent one that had such level of distinction mm -hmm. and in her voice and her worship of the Lord. And now she looks like she's off on some path that I don't even know. I don't even recognize her anymore. And I don't know if you saw that in in the groups and in the in the individuals where they it's like almost like they have dry bones. You know what I mean? Yeah. When her songs come out now, they're dry bones. I've worked with a few people like that and been around them, heard uh -huh. some of the stories. It's um it's an interesting thing. If you know, getting real like technical, uh -huh. if you look at, at radio, which would uh -huh. be the kind of the venue up until right. several years ago with with online Before and digital Spotify and, and everything, yeah, Spotify and XM and all that stuff, uh -huh. you had country music, pop country music, mm -hmm. progressive country music. You had jazz, mm -hmm. L.A. jazz, New York jazz. You had heavy metal, rock, classic rock. You know, and every one of those genres had hundreds of options for artists and thousands of songs. So you could have a radio station that would specialize in classic rock. Uh, I used to listen to KJON and Kink. Yeah, yeah, and and they, Kink, have, yeah. they have a huge, huge database of just that yeah. genre. But when you come to Christian music, we don't mm -hmm. have as many artists. Right. It's fairly new. So classic Christian rock is, is not getting airplay. Nobody's playing yeah. two hours of the five albums that Larry Norman made right, right. or whatever. Exactly. So or, well, he's made many more, but yes, you get my has. point. Yeah. So these artists are competing on minimal radio station mm. uh, numbers and they're trying to find the genre of the style uh, and get them all in there. Yeah. And you've got Toby Mac and Lauren Daigle and, uh -huh. and We the Kingdom and yeah. all these yeah, different yeah. styles. And how do you fit those all onto one station? Because they would really be more Americana and he'd be yeah, more yeah. more hip hop. Yeah, yeah. But we don't have a Christian just hip hop only. I yeah, mean, I things get like you. that are coming I get around. You. That makes sense. So these artists. They're trying to. Um, they're trying to. Be unique. Then. Well, they're they're writing, you know, and this is the thing I ask plumbers. You only work in church, Christian. You're a Christian and you're a plumber. You only plumb Christian in churches or do you, <laughs> no. do you go into homes? And, and musicians and artists oftentimes like, get categorized as Christian artists. That's good. Versus artists who are Christians. Yeah. And so good. 
you see some of these people that are exploring. Uh, I don't. I, I. I don't know Lauren mm-hmm. Daigle. I don't know mm-hmm. her style. I don't know what the thought behind yeah. it. But for myself as a believer, I look at my relationships through mm-hmm. the eyes, through the filter that right, right. Of, of Jesus. I look at my friendships. I look at my politics. I right. look at um, money, how yeah, we handle yeah. money. All these things, I look through a, a filter, through a lens, mm-hmm. but I don't just do all Christian things exactly. and eat in Christian restaurants yeah, yeah. and go to Christian gas yeah, yeah. stations and all yeah. this kind of stuff. I mean, we can yeah. really limit ourselves yeah. with that label. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as artists, if I want to write a song about my kids, mm-hmm. if it's not a worship song that says Jesus, there was a time when you get blackballed. Yeah. You just wouldn't get played. You're right. You're you know? right. So we have groups, yeah. some okay. of these groups, like I remember yeah. Audio Adrenaline, they were, oh, they were out of the amazing. box and Switchfoot the same yeah. way. Oh, yeah. Still are. But you wouldn't hear them on Christian yeah. radio because they had to yeah. kind of make the slice. The yeah. So yeah. then you get somebody like Lauren Daigle who writes something that's authentic from her heart yeah. through that lens, but yeah. it might not be a worship song. Yeah, yeah. And the world hears it and applies it to them and we feel yeah. great and they go, this is the greatest well, thing I've ever Brown heard. crossed over to secular All and she time. stayed, you know, but we also see the falls of that yeah. too, you know, where, you know, you see more incidences of divorce, drug use uh, problems, you know, that go in yeah. that. And so I guess when I'm thinking about hope and I'm thinking about healing and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, how do you find yourselves as musicians, as worship leaders, um, mixing in the culture? Because our, mm-hmm. our favorite times together, some of our favorite times together have been you guys in a bar under mm-hmm. the name of Infamous Soul mm-hmm. uh, singing mm-hmm. at the, the, the peak of your mu- musicality. And I feel like I'm in church. Well, right? here's, here's yeah. the question and I, I ask people, it. especially if they get really, really <laughs> kind of cranky about this whole thing. It's just, did, did God create music? Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, God created music. So what ACDC is playing, God created. Now, mm-hmm. how they dis- manipulate it mm-hmm. and sanctify it or not sanctify right. it, right. that's that's them. I, I know yeah. I've seen preachers take the word of God and mm-hmm. turn it into crazy stuff. Right, right. All right. So um, what you do with it matters. matters. Infamous Soul was basically birthed out of my old worship team. Yeah, it was. And uh, really good players, good friends. Mm-hmm. But we get through, a re- they were so good, we get through a rehearsal for a weekend service in, yeah. you know, seven minutes. Hey, you yeah. know this, you get this. And then Transition, you want to jam. Right? And then we just play songs that we all loved and or had never played in, in a thing. And we went, you know, we should take this out and play in some coffee houses and yeah. just bless some people. And we talked about it for a while until one of our singers, uh, dear, dear friend, Dan uh, Greenlee, he had uh, got brain cancer. Mm-hmm. And he was one of our singers with this. And we just went, um, we don't know how much time. Yeah. We may have a lot of time. We may not have much at all. Why? Let's quit talking about this. Mm. So really let's his life and it. health yeah. situation catapulted us into, let's go out and just do it, see what yeah, happens. We exactly. fail horribly. So we got together. Let's learn 20 songs. We did it. We did our first thing at the uh, Ike Box, place packed out, and people went nuts. And we went, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> so we would just, as a group, we would target, if we were in bars, mm-hmm. we would pick their slow nights, right? invite all of our friends through social media, mm-hmm. come out and get a Coke and a burger. Yeah. Yeah. Let's bless this establishment. Let's be cool people, yeah. start conversations, yeah. not yeah. be obnoxious, drunk right. weirdos, right. play great music. Right. And, and, not, be, and have the fun that you yeah. have in yeah. And we in do Jesus it for free. Yeah. So you can't fire me for That's saying right. Jesus is just all right. <laughs> That's right. Doobies. That's right. And we had, we had church. That's and good. all the guys in the band are either pastors or on worship teams. And yeah. that's kind of how that whole thing developed. And it's grown into, um, you know, quite a so quite a thing. What's next for, for you guys? What are you guys doing now? What's next? What do you want to see happen? What's your vision? Wow. Wow. That's a big question. Yeah, it is. <laughs> You first. Ladies well, first. We don't we don't know what next. We mm-hmm. d- we don't know. We're just like, okay, Lord, you do know. So when opportunities come, uh, we say, okay. Yeah. I've learned in my life, say, okay. Uh-huh. And what did I say this morning? I, and I'm just going to stick with it. God doesn't ask us to do the easy. No. That's exactly right. I have right. found that in my wonderful 
job. Yeah. I want to talk Years a little bit about wisdom. that one yeah. time. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. he, he will ask you to do the hard thing sometimes so much that you're like, oh, I just, I'm pretty sure that that's not a word from you. That's right. for Faye. That's uh-huh. for Dan or Corey. That's mm-hmm. not for me. Um, but in your heart, you just know. Mm-hmm. So God has taken me on some paths, and I'm just fearlessly step out there and say, okay, mm-hmm. God, you know. You know, you've asked me, so you're going to provide a way. And he has been faithful. Yeah. It hasn't always gone the way I thought it would. No, it never, it hardly never, ever looks ever. Well, I'll give you an idea b- yeah. based on that job that we've had, mutual job together. Mm-hmm. Three months before when I quit because the Lord told me to quit. He told me six weeks before, but I didn't. Um, I was literally, when I got diagnosed, at the worst financial place I've been in my life for a long time. Legit. But God made a way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he made a way through friends. And he made a way through you guys Mm -hmm. raising money at the wreck and, you know, people donating on a GoFundMe. And I mean, $25,000 were part of that gifting of that $100,000. And so um, that is the kind of hope that I want people to say. We're not saying it's easy. Hmm. I really appreciate that. Hmm. Um, So what... How do you muster up? You know, what what does a person do to stay on that path, even though you know it's hard? How do you just keep going there, Kathy? Oh, my goodness. Faith. It is just faith. You go to God's word. You -hmm. say, Lord, I can't read a whole chapter right now. Just give me a word. Mm -hmm. He'll just lay in your heart what he wants you to hear for the day. Yeah. And sometimes it's 10 minutes at a time. It's not even day to day. It's yeah. just minute by minute, Lord, you promised. Mm-hmm. I feel this is what you want me to do, so I'm going to do it. And I have faith. I have blind faith to do that and mm-hmm. that you're going to take care of me and my family. Yeah. And that's, I just constantly go back to him, prayer yeah. and his word. So the whole Christian walk thing is not like easy peasy roses uh, like that, right? No. I mean, we're all sitting here as witnesses and testimony to that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, the Christian walk, when we step out in faith, we become an enemy of the enemy. Yeah. The, the fallen one. Yeah. The opposite of Jesus is, is our mortal no. enemy. <laughs> no. But beyond that, life is hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, our fallen nature, sin nature, disease, bad mm-hmm. people, world stuff, people giving into dark things. Life is hard, mm-hmm. um, whether you're a Christian or not. But what I found is, you know, with a target on our back, we're, we're a particularly great prize for the enemy mm-hmm. when we fail. Uh, but what I also discovered is that when... when when, it, when the word says we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us, mm-hmm. that's in the book for a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a whole bunch of stuff probably mm-hmm. said and shared between disciples and people over the years of Jesus walking with them that aren't word for word necessarily recorded. Right. The things that God wanted us to see to yeah. last for thousands of years that were human things mm-hmm. that we could apply and connect with God and see supernatural stuff, it's all in there. It's all in there. It's mm-hmm. in there intentionally. So when he says that, I can do all things, mm-hmm. he means it. Yeah. And now my work, working out my faith with fear and trembling mm-hmm. and gnashing of teeth yes. once in a while. <laughs> um, yeah. Is 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 believing that, trusting it, and, and then moving through. Because if you get sick or you go through a trauma, whether you know Jesus or not, you're either going to get through it or you're not. Yeah. And right. if you get through it and you don't have the Lord, that's you right. can be bitter, you can be broken, yeah. you can be lost, you can be hopeless. Yeah. Or you can get through it. And you can see the hand of God doing things in and through you and around you that right you wouldn't see. in it. Right Not in the middle after, of it. after, but in it. So yeah. stuff is happening mm-hmm. to everybody all the time. I just don't know how people navigate this planet without, no, without. God. Well, I remember being in the oven that was like 106, 7, and 8, depending on the day. And I... And the reason I asked about how do you get through it is because I remember people having sent me like Isaiah 43, you know, that says Mm -hmm. you will go through the fire, but you will not be burned. Mm -hmm. And then, he, you know, things like Psalms 91, you know, that says that he champions us and he 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 guards us, he protects us. And, you know, things like, you know, he I will never leave you, I'll never forsake Mm -hmm. you. And so what I did is I played a loop 
of the scripture with music behind it while I was in there. And invariably, when I felt like it was too hot and I couldn't handle anymore, that those scriptures that I needed for that moment would pop up. Mm-hmm. Awesome. It was just amazing. Awesome. But the point, I think, for me in terms of getting the hope in you, right, is first of all, committing your life to Christ. If you haven't done that, you know, you can actually do it here right now. You know, simple prayer. It, Jesus, Lord, forgive me. Yeah. Would you take me like I am? Help me get through this. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I'm going to take a step and trust mm-hmm. you that you're there and that you're paying attention. Help me, please. Just that simple. Amen. Okay. Just that simple. <laughs> and and the Bible says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you will be saved. Okay. And beyond that, then you know that you have power because you understand. You begin to understand over time that from Genesis to Revelation, there's no disconnect between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus was there at the beginning. God's plan for you and me to be saved and to be rescued from ourselves was not who drew the short stick and Jesus got it. (laughs) That's not how it was. There was a plan by the Father from the beginning about the, the connection back between him and us. And for me, the hope of eternity is, just shows me, you know, here's us and we're on a little, you know, touchdown to earth and there's eternity. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do with that touchdown? Mm-hmm. That's what we're in right now. We're in the touchdown. Mm-hmm. And how are you going to affect people in that touchdown? You know, and how are you going to, the promises that God made to Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, that he made to David as king, that he literally used a harlot to save the Israelites. And then later he comes to about a 15-year-old girl and says, by the way, you're going to give birth to the son. How can it be? I've never been with a man. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Why are we not believing the Holy Spirit can overshadow us for the miracle of new life? I don't understand that. So in my body, when I think of my body having disease, I'm like, Holy Spirit, overshadow me. I'm ready for a complete healing. I'm ready for rebirth. I'm ready for whatever it is that you have. But he has to take us through things so we're willing to surrender. Because this is about surrender. This hope thing is all about surrender, I think. Good. Well, one of the key things also... And you guys have been privileged in helping me with this and uh, the top 10, the top 14 as it mm-hmm. grows and does mm-hmm. what its thing is, is there's safety in a multitude of good godly counsel. Yeah. And most of the d- bigger decisions that we've made when we're praying together and working on something, we put out to this small group of, of folks. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we won't even tell you what we're praying about. Right. I remember sending off to, uh, we were years ago invited to go to Spain to uh, do a ministry, teach mm-hmm. at a camp. Uh, and I wasn't feeling real well. And we're, we're not sure what it was, but we put it out because we, yeah. we, we had the money, we'd raise it, Let's, yeah. we're ready to go, it's coming up in a month and a half, two months. And we put it out to our team and we didn't even say anything. I said, I'm sending you one word, would you pray about this, get back to me, and, they said, and we put out Spain. I didn't say, hey, we're thinking about this, we're going yeah, to yeah. just Spain. And God anointed people who hear from God mm-hmm. and you can hear from God, it's not some weird yeah. voodoo, <laughs> no God way. is real and he's <laughs> on the job and, right. and you can see and experience, it, it just, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's just amazing. But they all got back to me, the same thing. I don't know what this is, yeah. but you're not supposed to be a part of it. And so we backed out and I ended up getting really sick. Coming into that, and we, instead of going there, took a two-week, two Sundays, mm-hmm. back-to-back. I worked in a church and took a vacation. And it was one of the most healing, relaxing, um, restorative times between the two of us and with me personally. Um, mm-hmm. how to, would I have survived going there if I didn't listen to him? Go, yeah, I would survive. Would God have done things in and through us? Yeah, probably he's yeah. faithful that way. We go in his name. He's, you know, the mm-hmm. steps of a righteous man are ordered by the God. Lord, yeah. So, and I had a wise guy, a pastor, a man, friend of mine. I kind of had this weird vision put in my heart as an early Christian that if you go through the wrong door, there's three doors, you know, remember Uh, that game show? If you choose the wrong door, God's going to bring you back around, beat you up until you get it right. And he clarified like this. He goes, no, that's not the God we serve. He's not abusive. You've been created 
all those doors. Mm -hmm. If you go through a door, he's going to figure out how to use you, Mm -hmm. bless you and minister in and through you. You know, unless the door is sin, obviously. So I got three opportunities I don't want to take. And he goes, what do you want to do? This is what my friend and pastor, he he goes, he goes, what do you want to do? Because I've gifted you, created you, um, anointed you. What do you enjoy doing? What do you want to do? Go through a door. I don't care. And it'd be fine. And uh, so, yeah, we could have gone to to Spain and Mm -hmm. and been effective, but there is the best door. Yes, that's right. That's right. And we chose that one, but it was through people, godly people who we trust speaking into our lives and then us being willing and um, agreeable. Yeah to hear that and be obedient. And even that was a step of faith. Yeah. So. So do you guys ever disagree about the doors? I'm just. No. Oh, no, no, no. no. She pretty much whatever I say she does. (laughs) (laughs) This is a comedy show now. This is where we check the laughter. We do disagree sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, we do. Because we're, you're wired differently. So yes. what is your method as a wife? What is your method on how you come to agreement? I'm just curious because people Ooh. need to know that hopefulness. Michelle, in, you ready? You know, healing. I'm wrestling. <laughs> oh, they're, they're wrestling? <laughs> we, we are still figuring that out, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we, just last night we were talking about agreeing to disagree. Mm-hmm. And it's not a competition. One of us yes. may be a little more competitive than the other. Yeah. And <laughs> likes to be right a little more. <laughs> I'm scratching more back. often. Yeah. Oh, my neck. But honestly, our, our feelings are valid. Both of yeah. us yeah. Has, that's we right. have valid feelings, I think, to validate that as something right. that is valuable to the other person. Each, yeah. And then to say, you know, I, I understand you probably think that way. Um, I, I don't see it that way, but, you know, that's mm-hmm. okay. And we just let it go there yeah. do not keep trying so to convince how do you um let's just say do you mm-hmm. think that the lord will give you a track separate from you that would cause you to ever part no okay no. so so when you t- we... you're looking at hope you're looking at god's going to give you something that might test you right, right? But it shouldn't split you. It give you something that might give just, you something that would test you, but not split right. you. That's we just good. sat uh, through a prayer. We um, I'm on staff at People's Church, mm-hmm. and uh, Wednesday night we do a prayer and worship service. It's usually really powerful. It's kind of it's not like a normal. Hey, it's Wednesday. We we should be doing a service. Yeah. You know, this has really been designed by intention. And uh, but we had a missionary visit us this last Wednesday night, and he talked about prayer. And the perspective of prayer. And when we're praying for things Mm -hmm. and asking God for things, are we willing to see it potentially as he sees it? Mm -hmm. And instead of the prayer being, Lord, fix this, show Mm -hmm. me this, correct this, versus, Lord, yeah, all of that, but I'm also willing to see this differently, that my perspective would change. What is it maybe about me? We have a model. Yeah. What is it about me that, that, and now he brought that up, Mm -hmm. but not my will, but thine be done, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, So I help me to see this thing through your eyes, Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's how we can hear from God. Maybe it's two different tracks, but if we agree to pray and mm-hmm. seek him and his will and see how he sees it. Mm-hmm. It might take two tracks to achieve what we do, right. but they're actually designed to go, to go side, side by, by side. side. Yeah. And, 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 and we see place. it initially if we're just in our flesh mm-hmm. and we're not dialing in like that right. as, as competition or right. di- or going opposite Opposition. lanes. Yeah. And, and it's the same. Yeah. We're going the same lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are well, a team. And yeah. that God is not dimensional. No. I mean, no. God's in you, God's in you, God's in Dan, God's in me, and all of the people that know him. And there is no dimension. So while we think that something is oppositional to us, God can literally meld those things together and make the two opposing things united in him. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. amazing. Because time isn't. Our health stuff. I mean, he can literally take cancer and just eradicate mm-hmm. it right now, or he will use it for his glory in another way. Mm-hmm. It, it it depends on what, because he's sovereign and true surrender means true surrender. It means not your will, but my will be done. It, it In Mark 14, uh, Jesus 
when he asked the disciples to pray, invited them to participate in his suffering. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. And he came back and they were sleeping. But when he went to pray, they could have been part of that lament because they were, he was only a stone's throw away. But when he lamented, he said, I don't want this weight. His all man said, I don't want this weight. His all God said, but your will be done. Mm -hmm. Because that's obedience to God, right? I am saying, I don't want the weight of pancreatic cancer, but my my person who wants to see the Lord in the face here, kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, mm-hmm. says, yes, whatever it takes for people to come to know you. And that's why we're here today. Well, even that's in the, why we're here. Good, yes. The most humanist part of ourselves, sacrifice and opposition and pain are how we grow. Yeah. Go to a gym. Yeah. Change your diet. Right. Deny yourself. Yeah. All those yeah. things. And why would it be any different that challenges and things we walk through spiritually, spiritually. grow us, draw us closer to God right. and equip us better, stronger yeah. for doing this life on this planet as mm-hmm. we prepare for actually That's what right. life's all about? How do we get mm-hmm. a hold? How do people get a hold of you, Kathy and Corey, um, about Infamous Soul, about recording, about just hanging out with you guys, knowing where you're <laughs> doing gigs, all that? How do they get a hold of you? Well, Infamous Soul, we're we're pretty much out there on the social networks, but uh, InfamousSoul.com. That's mm-hmm. that's the band, and, and we're updating I N F A M O U S S O U L. Two two, two S's words. in yeah. the middle. Yeah, yeah one, right. but no hyphens. Just no one hyphen. big long word. Infamous Soul. Infamous Soul. Com. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just kind of spell the best. K N O W. Yeah, we, we do it the old-fashioned uh-huh. way, uh, last name. But uh, through that, and then you know we're. Like I said, I'm staff at People's Church. We love People's mm-hmm. Church. The vision, the passion, the where we're going as a church is intriguing and amazing. And we're seeing tremendous fruit. We're always there. Um, and, you know, just Google us. We're in there somewhere. Well, and Katharina, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-A, mm-hmm. Noland. At okay. Gmail. At Gmail. Is a great way to find great me. Um, Colwell Banker, too. Call, I was hey. just going to oh, say. Yeah. Mountain West. Mountain mm-hmm. West, Colwell yes. Banker. And... Um, I just really appreciate you guys being here for the, and Dan, how do people get a hold of you? What, call me? They just, uh, yeah, Fay Day. Fay Day. <laughs> you yell so, out your window, hey, yeah. Dan. That's right. So you've been on Hope Warrior um, with Kathy Nolan, Katrina, Katharina Nolan, Corey Nolan, my husband, Dan Onsbot, and I'm Veda Meyer, and we are Hope Warriors, and we're here to share with you hope, healing, and wholeness, and we hope you'll join us um, for our episode two with Dr. Donna Prigmore. I should say General Donna Prigmore. So it's been great. Thanks so much. Thank Thank you. you.